science. Hello and welcome to Love and Science. It's wonderful to have your company this hour. I'm Andrew Glester and we do have a slightly different show this week because we're going to be hearing from the Bristol Youth Climate Strike that happened in Bristol on Friday. I'm sure you all know by now that Greta Thunberg was in Bristol and we'll hear her speech from the Climate March later in the show. In fact, I'm going to dedicate the whole show to the voices of the youth who marched through Bristol this Friday. As you may know, I'm a lecturer in science communication and the march is all about the students taking a step away from their education to make a point to the older generations and the politicians that something has to change. So I've decided to step aside for this episode of Love and Science and let the young people do the talking. And we begin by going to that Youth March strike on Friday last week. In the interest of regional diversity, it's great to see an event of this size outside of London. My name is Millie and I'm one of the organisers of this event. <laughs> so a lot of you know that we only got the call about Greta coming about eight days ago and so the fact that we managed to do all of this in a day has been one of the most stressful times of my life and everyone else in the group's lives. So I just want to say, can we have a round of applause for everyone that organised this? So before we begin properly, I have two statements to read from people that were going to have their events on this day. So the first one is, um, supporting us today are hundreds of members from the health community, doctors, nurses and medical students. <laughs> They've been telling us that this is a health crisis. Like we have said time and time again, the climate crisis is a health crisis. We have to listen to the experts on this. Here in Bristol, it wouldn't be right to talk about health without saying that all of Bristol's NHS hospital trusts have declared a climate emergency. <laughs> Secondly, after the march, we will also hear from Save the M32 Maples. Um, it's a local community, yeah, it's a local community campaign in St. Paul's and they're desperately trying to prevent the destruction of mature urban trees to protect local health and well-being in the, the most polluted part of the city. The campaign is at a critical stage and they would like to tell their story. So after the event, if you come back here, there'll be a couple more speeches from these groups. Um, they're going to talk about why we must protect the trees and the challenges from the council and underhand developers. So that's all from me. I know you're all excited about what we have coming up, so I won't keep you for any longer. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a good day and stay safe. So 
Frances from UKSCN is going to speak next and she's going to talk about the demands for the country. Good morning Bristol! It's amazing that you've all come out here in the wet weather like a whole sea of you like this is great. Um, so 2020 is a key year for action. In November this year there's COP26 which is the UN uh, climate Action Summit and um, national governments have a really big responsibility because every five years they have to renew their pledges that were made in the Paris Agreement to reduce emissions. So us being here today and this year is the year that we need to pressure them to make those targets more ambitious. So what do we want as the youth strikers? We have four demands for our government. The first one is to implement a Green New Deal to achieve climate justice. And this recognises the intersectionality and oppressive systems that have led us to where we are now. Our second demand is to teach the future. We need young people to be taught in their education system about the climate crisis and teachers to know what they're doing. My teachers don't know. I talk to them, I'm like, how are you teaching me right now? They need to know. Our third demand is to tell the future. The government has declared a climate emergency, so they need to act like that and convey the necessity to act to the general public. And our fourth demand is to empower the future. We, young people, have the biggest stake in our future, but we don't get a say. Our voices need to be included in policy making, and the voting age needs to be lowered to 16. So as I said before, 2020 is such a key year for taking action, and there's something there's something really dangerous that's been arising I want to talk about. So, you all know like climate deniers, they're kind of like a rare species now and everyone thinks they're a bit stupid. But um, these people have now kind of morphed into a new group of people calling for individual action. And I'm not saying that going vegan or like not using plastic, that's great. But the thing is, big companies and polluters and governments are throwing millions into campaigns to put the blame on us and take the blame away from the big emitters and the people that are actually causing this crisis. But we're not going anywhere. Politicians, I can imagine them sat there in the House of Commons like, oh yeah, these young people, they'll get bored, they'll stop. We're not gonna get bored! We're not gonna stop! We're not going anywhere until action is taken so we have a safe future. Thank you. So we've got our next speaker is Maya Rose Craig. She blogs as Bird Girl, as an environmental activist who's fought to make the sector ethnically diverse. She was awarded an honorary doctorate from Bristol University last week. 
at the age of 17. And she has been named as one of the Bristol's most inspiring people. Hello, Bristol. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. And thank you to everyone coming along, despite, frankly, the awful weather. It's an amazing turnout to see this many people who genuinely care about climate change. And I also want to give a massive shout out to the Youth Strikes team for putting this amazing event together. <laughs> so, Greta, welcome to our amazing city and thank you for being us, with us today. In 2018, Bristol was the first city to declare a climate emergency and it was the first to declare an ecological emergency only four weeks ago, which is something that all Bristolians should be so proud of. She's in great company here today with amazing young climate activists. And the work I'm doing is all about trying to fight for our future. I've always loved birds and nature, and they've always been a part of my life. My first bird watching experience was when I was only nine days old, even though my memory is a bit foggy of it. <laughs> and I'm also Bangladeshi. And as I grew older, I began to realise that there weren't many people that looked like me going out into nature. And this is a major issue. In Bristol, 38% of the children in schools are VME, or visually minority ethnic. And when you go into the city centre, that goes up to 50%. These are big numbers, and we have to engage with all of our communities in order to properly fight climate change. <laughs> combat this issue, I started an organisation called Black to Nature, which organises camps for VME teenagers to help them connect with nature and discuss environmental issues. Over the last five years, I've worked with hundreds of kids to try and help them really experience nature. And these kids tell me how schools stop them from striking and insist on parental consent, which the parents themselves won't give because they don't understand properly about the issue of climate change. And these schools are threatening these children with isolation or exclusion, which cannot be allowed. And we're not going to stop caring about our natural world just because they don't want, they don't want to listen to us. So now is, the now is the time to finally listen to young people. We need to see But this is about the bigger picture too. The Global North has created this massive issue and we have to take responsibility for fixing it rather than trying to pass, pass the cost and the pain down to the Global South and those who have contributed the least to climate breakdown. My mum's family is Bangladeshi and they work in the textiles industry and exporting clothes has raised the living standards of millions of people. And so simply telling people to stop buying foreign fast fashion is going to create dire consequences for the people least responsible for climate change and consumerism. Instead, we need to help them create a new livelihood. Another example is the batteries in electric cars. They need cobalt, but 15% of this is mined by African children. The solutions for stopping climate change cannot rely on the exploitation of human beings.
think about the impact on the most vulnerable people as we work our way towards a sustainable earth. This means the system has to change. Everything that you're doing to prevent climate change is amazing and is so needed. But we also need our leaders to step up and act now because families and children like us are suffering now. Last year, there was an unseasonal flood in my granddad's village in Bangladesh, and it swept away all of their rice crop, meaning they didn't have any food for that year or the next. And if we hadn't been able to send money, they would have starved to death. A Somali boy who came to one of my camps told me the same thing is happening in Somalia. We need to connect these disasters to the climate emergency so that Viamir people understand, link and relate the issue and join the fight. And things are just getting worse. Climate breakdown is going to create a massive refugee crisis due to flooding, drought and famine. At 1.5 degrees Celsius, the Conservative estimate is 69 million refugees. That's more than the population of the UK. And if there's two degrees of warming, it's going to be 80 million refugees. In Dhaka, the capital city of Bangladesh, there's already four million refugees, which is nearly eight times the population of Bristol. And we're also facing an ecological emergency. We've wiped out nearly 60% of po animal population in the last 50 years. In the UK, our biodiversity loss is staggering. We are ranked 189th out of 218 countries on how depleted our biodiversity is. But it's not all doom and gloom, sorry. There is so much happening, and all of you being here today shows that. I'm really proud to be an uh, ambassador for Survival International, which is an organisation that fights for the rights of Indigenous peoples around the world. And I was contacted this week by Sandra Mai, an Indigenous campaigner for the Ecuadorian Amazon, where I've stayed with Indigenous peoples who was telling me about the Amazon River being poisoned by mining, killing people and fish. She said, only together can we face these global challenges. Why should we allow mining when reparation is impossible? Please help us to amplify our voices. Please help us to save our rivers, our jungle, our home. And And we're here today to work together and to amplify all of our voices. Greta Thunberg is leading the charge for a bright future and we're all right behind her. I believe that to do the best job we can, we must consider climate change through a lens of poverty, politics, strife and racism. This is why an inclusive and diverse youth movement is essential we must look at who's affected and how they're affected. Now, more than ever, it's important to remember that inequality of engagement creates inequality of opportunity, and an unequal world can never be a sustainable one. Thank you. Hi everyone! So 
one of the biggest questions we've been asked in this last week is why Bristol? While there are a variety of answers to this, one of the most important is looking back at what we have achieved as a city in the past year. It's been a massive year for climate action and the environmental movement in Bristol is one of the largest in the UK. Firstly, in February of 2019, Bristol students staged a mass walkout for the first time to demand climate action. This was building upon the November 2018 declaration of a climate emergency by Bristol City Council. The first in Europe and the second in the world. This movement has played a hugely important part in holding the council to account for their ambitious pledge. In September of 2019, 15,000 adults and children alike gathered on College Green as part of the global strike for climate alongside millions of strikers in the largest climate mobilization in history. We were the second largest strike in the entire country. In November, we held our own climate hustings in the run-up to the general election. We featured local MP candidates who were asked questions on their party's climate policies which was the perfect opportunity to engage young people in local issues and get their voices heard. And then finally, this month, we've managed to contribute to the campaign to successfully stop the proposed expansion of Bristol Airport. But, despite having a carbon neutrality pledge 20 years earlier, than the rest of the country. We need to do more than pledge. We need to have action as well as words. And Hyland's gonna to talk to you more about that. So yeah, obviously it's amazing that we've made incredible declarations for carbon neutrality and a climate crisis and an ecological crisis, but there's no plan in place. With 10 years to reach carbon neutrality, that means we have to get rid of all, car, all petrol cars, all diesel cars, all gas boilers from Bristol. And considering we're still selling all of those things and they have a lifetime longer than 10 years, a plan needs to be put in now. So, with the mayoral elections coming up, what we need is for all the candidates to put in place a two-term plan of how they're going to reach this goal. Because without putting that in now, we're never going to reach it in time. So, when I started this, I was only 16 and I didn't really do anything and I felt quite young. But in two days, I'm going to be 18 and so I will be voting in this election and I won't be voting for anyone that doesn't have a viable plan. And I hope none of you will be voting for anyone that doesn't have a plan either. Thank you. You're listening to Love and Science on BCFM Radio. Wow. Hello Bristol, can you make some noise? Isaac, can you make some noise so Greta can hear you? My name is Katie, or Katie Climate, and I am your penultimate speaker. So I was one of the first organisers of Bristol Youth Strike for Climate, 
back when there were just two of us. One year ago today, there were 1,200 youth strikers taking to College Green. They told us that the momentum wouldn't last, that this was just a fad and there was no appetite for change amongst young people. Well, I am here in front of 30,000 people to tell them that they were wrong. We are a message that there is hunger from young people for a just and fair future. We are a message that climate action and climate justice needs to be at the heart of government policy and our collective consciousness. We are a message to the UNFCCC, to Westminster, to the oil and gas lobby, to the denialists that we will not stop until we have long-lasting systemic change. There has already been so much change from regular citizens taking climate action. In March 2019, right here, 2,000 youth strikers shut down Park Street chanting, stop the airport expansion. Two weeks ago, that proposal for an airport expansion of Bristol was rejected. Yesterday, a court ruling heard that the Heathrow expansion is dead in the water. Last year, fracking was banned in the UK. All of this has come from regular citizens reclaiming power and saying no. This is our world. This is our environment. This is our future. So never feel like you are too small or too young to make a difference. Because look around you. We are a reflection that we are winning. But there is still so much to do and we need to be conscious of that. Indigenous people's land is still being plundered for corporate profit. The UK government is still funding oil and gas projects in the global south. I could go on. What we need is reparations to those who are most affected by the climate crisis and initiatives that amplify marginalised voices. What we need mostly is a rewilding of our imagination so that solidarity, justice, love and unity are at the forefront of our minds. There is so much to do, but there is so much power in not just getting angry, but getting active. And no one does this better than Bristol Youth Strike for Climate, which I am so proud to be a part of. I met these young people one year ago, and I have sat in awe over the past 12 months at their dedication, their commitment, and their devotion to climate justice. They meet every week, and they have organized 10 protests and marches. Together, we have put on this protest and march in just one week, and we have been working all around the clock. <laughs> We're so tired. <laughs> so 
So I was going to invite them on stage and introduce you to them, but the stage is a bit too small. But I would like you now to take a moment and show your appreciation for Bristol Youth Strike for Climate. And now. Our next speaker has come all the way from Sweden and she is just 17 years old. There should be no such thing as a youth environmental activist. There should be no such thing as young people enacting the responsibilities of our elected politicians. We owe them so much, and right now, what we owe Greta is a big, warm, Bristolian welcome. ourselves what we did right now. How do we want to be remembered? This is an emergency. People are already suffering and dying from the consequences of the climate and environmental emergency. But it will get worse. And still, this emergency is being completely ignored by the politicians, the media, and those in power. Basically, nothing is being done to halt this crisis, despite all the beautiful words and promises from our elected officials. So what did we do during this crucial time? What we will do right now. Well, I will not stand aside and watch. I will not be silent while the world is on fire. Will you? World leaders are behaving like children. So it falls on us to be the adults in the room. 
It should not be this way. We should not be the ones who will have to lead on this and tell the uncomfortable truth. Once again, they sweep their mess under the rug for us young people, for their children to clean up for them. But we must continue and we have to be patient and remember that the changes required will not happen overnight. Since the politics and the solutions needed are still far from sight. But if enough people are pushing for change, then change will come. And we are those people. And every single person counts. Just look at Bristol as an example. The other week, the plans to build, to expand the Bristol airport were cancelled. A lot thanks to climate activists. And of course this is far from enough, but it shows that it does actually make a difference. Activism works, so I'm telling you to act. If you look throughout history, all the great changes have come from the people. We are being betrayed by those in power, and they are failing us, but we will not back down. And if you feel threatened by that, then I have some very bad news for you. We will not be silenced because we are the change and change is coming whether you like it or not. Thank you and let's march. Science.